0: Welcome to Retention Chronicles, a podcast sponsored by Malomo a shipment tracking platform that helps e-commerce brands turn order tracking from a cost center into a profitable marketing channel. This week on Retention Chronicles, I spoke with two incredible co-founders, for a very special look into what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We were joined by Mackenzie Bauer, co-founder of Thread Wallets and our very own co-founder and CEO here at Malomo, Yao Inning. Mackenzie and Yao share their business origin stories and the names of their companies and where they came from, which is just so fun to hear. P.S. If you haven't watched the Thread Wallets origin story, this is yet another plug to go watch it on YouTube. But if you haven't heard these origin stories before, you definitely need to. I mean, I was incredibly humbled and honored to be able to hear uh, in the first person about these origin stories. They're so cool. As any entrepreneur will tell you, you can't go about it alone. So Yao and Mackenzie also share their experiences of what it's like to work closely with your loved ones and to lean on them for support when starting your own business And I really think that speaks to just one, their character, but also their authenticity that they bring into both their businesses. So after we joyfully take a stroll down memory lane, we relate these authentic and real stories to customer attention on a greater level. And just having a pulse for how your brand is perceived by your customers, I think that's such a cool conversation of where we really tie it all together because, you know, being both a consumer and working in this industry, you can just tell when someone is authentic and really cares about their customers before the product. And I think that's such a cool nuance that that we really do a deep dive into on this episode. And as Mackenzie so eloquently states during the episode, customer retention isn't so much about the product, but the service. And so with that, we'll get right into it and let you hear it coming from Mackenzie herself. Hope you enjoy so welcome to Retention Chronicles. Today we are joined by two amazing co-founders of their own businesses. So welcome Mackenzie, she is the co-founder of Thread Wallets, and welcome Yao, who is our co-founder and CEO here at Malomo.
1: Hi, it's so nice to be here. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you guys.
2: Yes, I'm I'm super pumped, Mackenzie. You're you're a legend in this space. Oh so I've been, my gosh, I've been dying to meet you for a long time. So this is this is fun.
1: That's That's hilarious. Um, I'm excited to have a conversation too, especially you said that you have two young kids. So I know exactly how that goes when you're starting a business and you're trying to (laughs) do things and you're also Uh, managing a lot at home, like double ear infections. So I feel like we're going to be able to relate and have a really good
0: conversation.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And that was actually one of the things, Mackenzie, you hit it right on the head uh, that I would like to talk about of just both your perspectives with being co-founders, because I think, you know, in the e-commerce space, there's a ton of people who might be listening to this podcast looking to start their own business. So through that, um, I want to touch upon, you know, how you balance that home life and that business life but what has been some things that you've learned through it all you know what would you tell people who are looking to start their own business or just had started out um founding their own you know future
1: those are really good questions um the two pieces of advice that we give like in terms of just business in general is that you should never compare your beginning to somebody else's middle or end because sometimes like you see all these people who've gained so much success and traction and are raising lots of money and it can feel very intimidating to be like at the very beginning. So just remember that everyone had to start somewhere. And then the second thing is that you don't have to hit a home run to get a point on the board, right? Like just get a first base, get a second, just make things simple and slow and don't try to always swing for the fences. So those are kind of the two pieces of advice in terms of business in general, but as a co-founder starting a business, I think one of the most important things is to figure out what lane you want to be in. And that's something I do business with my husband. And we had a lot of conflict at the beginning because we weren't really sure who was going to do what. And I didn't do go, go to business school, didn't do marketing, didn't do anything. So I um, was kind of like, what am I going to do? Like, I want to help with the business and I really love this, but where are my responsibility is going to be. And we soon kind of fell into, um, the spaces where we felt most comfortable. My husband kind of took over like design website operations. And I fell into the marketing, um, storytelling, social media role. So once we figured that out, that out, it made things a lot easier in terms of like the everyday nitty gritty. Cause there wasn't an overlap and we knew who was getting what done.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, uh, I feel like it'd be uh it'd be like both very fun and possibly sometimes frustrating to start a business with your spouse. Cause I'm sure like you probably naturally took work home and yeah, oh and, yeah. Uh, well we right? were doing
1: we started it out of my we were living with my parents at the time, so we were we started it out of my childhood bedroom. And then you know, once we got a little apartment of our own, we were Doing it out of the second bedroom. So there was no space. It was like work, home life, everything was so intermingled. And it was really hard. Like there, and on top of that, like we were newlyweds, like we started Thread Wallets together when we were dating. And then we are crazy and got married six months later. So (laughs) it was really, really quick. So we were like starting a business and starting a marriage at the same time, which is like two of the most stressful things that you could ever do.
2: Yes.
0: I can't imagine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really
1: difficult. Like there was a lot of communication and things that we had to work through, but we're really grateful for it because once we had kids, a lot of our communication styles and like, Um, I mean, we still have issues, we're not perfect, but we've really kind of learned how to navigate trickier things um, and resolve them quicker and like work together as a team, because that's how our relationship has been from the get go, where some people get married and they go to two separate jobs and they're away from each other for 10 hours a day. And then they come home and they have dinner and then they watch a Netflix show and they go to bed and not that they don't have anything that they need to work out. And like they have conflict. But from day one, we were like problem solving together about like really kind of tricky issues. So it's been really beneficial for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I wouldn't change it for anything.
2: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Even when I
1: want to slap my husband in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: we love that honesty. Hour, yeah. hour occurrence.
1: Yeah. It has happened before. It was not pertaining <laughs> to business, but... We got in an argument, and I was so mad. Um, it was not a proud moment in our marriage. We're very, we're very happily married. We have two beautiful girls, and life is so good. But we have definitely, we're both very feisty people, so <laughs> don't hold back. That.
0: That's probably why it works, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll say we'll say that. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting that you say. You know, once you had your kids, that the communication styles seem to match and overlap more. Cause you know, my instinct not having my own kids would be, that's just even more that you have to worry about. So it would, <laughs> it would add on to that stress. And so yeah. too, you know, that's, I think that's, it speaks to the culture that thread wallets has, or at least what I've seen being a consumer of, you know, the importance of honesty and that like free will that, um, you guys have both in your home life and then take to the business side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would love to get into that, but I want to hear y'all, your experience. Mm-hmm. What is your, what is your advice?
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: uh, it's, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I I, I loved your take on that, like not comparing yourself to, other, to others. I think it's so one of the things that I, I, I struggle with early on as an entrepreneur is is like imposter syndrome. Like, yeah you know, starting a company, you have to, like, you're forced to learn at such a rapid rate and and your team is always looking at you for, like, having answers to the problems. Um, but the other hard thing is, like, you hired you hired smart people who should, you know, are, are naturally, typically better than you in the areas that you've hired them for. Um, and so, like, balancing that, like, empowering others with, like, I don't, honestly, I don't have all the answers. Um you know, I think it's it's a it's a it's a good way to figure out like and be honest with yourself about what you're really great at, what you're not. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and then, like, as far as like balancing home and, and life work, I I feel like I've met so many founders who like launched their companies right at the same time that they had kids. Yeah. Uh, like I I remember uh, we were I was negotiating the term sheet for our first funding round. Um, <laughs> like in the uh, days after in the delivery room for, for the first kid. Um, wow. and, and like, uh, and then had the second kid right around the, like the second, the second funding around. And, um, what, what, like, what, what I learned through that experience is just like, you, you also have to you have to be really good at managing your time and being present at home and being present at, at work. Like my wife, um, uh she's a saint uh like the only reason i can do this is because like she she supports me in this and supports their family in such a big way but it's really like having that communication being transparent or clear about like, hey yeah. here's where the business is at here's a tra- like here's how we're performing i don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like the next month's gonna look like and her encouraging me and um, I think having those honest conversations about like just how the business is going, it's probably a lot easier for you because you're both in it, in a day to oh, day. That's
1: really cool though that you try to include her in that. Cause she is part of your team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Maybe, yeah. maybe not in a traditional sense, but she's just as a, like she's a key player. You wouldn't be able to do what you're doing without her support and help. And yes. probably a lot of like late night therapy sessions together. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> the spouse plays a big role in it and i oh, think yeah. that's really that's cool that you do all you can to include her in that i really admire that
2: yeah yeah i mean you're, you're right like you i don't i don't know how you start a business without having like 100 percent commitment from from your spouse because yeah. it, it it'll bleed over like you can't it's 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 definitely a daily practice to try to
1: yeah you know absolutely.
2: not not let your emotions right funnel into,
1: mm-hmm. funnel
2: into time with the fam so yeah i can yeah. agree more that's cool Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it reflects too, like I said earlier in the company culture, because I do think, you know, you have to have that balance of business and family, but I think it personally, I see it as they, they bleed into one another, which I feel like you would both agree with as well. Like, yeah, you just said you don't want it, you know, to, Lead into the time that you're spending with your family, but at the same time, you know, if you have a great day at work, you want to be able to come home and celebrate it with your support system there. Um, yeah. And I can say, you know, from working at Malomo, the company culture is phenomenal, and I've never worked at Thread Wallets, but from the you know the brand image that is put off through social media and everything, it looks to be very similar um, of having that you know that work family that, um, really supports one another.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Thank I'm glad that you see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, know, like, keep doing it.
2: <laughs> one, one, uh, I think Mariah, you, you were planning to get to this too, but I think, I think it's like a good topic. Your origin story, like was, yeah, yeah. it's just incredible. Like I'd, I'd love to hear more about like how, how that story came to be.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. For anyone listening, you can type in our—I don't know if you guys have seen it—but on we have a ad that we just did launch this past year. If you go to YouTube, you can just type in "Thread Wallets Origin Story," and it will come up. But and it, it's a more entertaining version of what I'm about to tell you. Um, I
2: think it's so cute. <laughs> it is. It is awesome. Like yeah. even the comments on the video, like people are like, "I know,
1: we're really, lovely. really happy yeah. with the responses." Like, yeah. the biggest expense outside of inventory that we've ever spent money on as a business. It was like super scary for us. And so it's been really, we're just so grateful that it's paid off. It's um, working really well. Um, Anyway, yeah, our origin story, it's kind of, there's a lot of different like facets to it um, and things that maybe I'll mention now that aren't necessarily in that video. We had to cut some stuff down, but the video itself is pretty accurate. There's a few things that like maybe we left out. But ultimately, my husband, who was, I actually didn't know him at the time, was out at school in Hawaii. And that's where I graduated from school as well, from college. And he like got there and was super excited and eager and jumped into the ocean and forgot that he had his wallet in his pocket. So he lost his wallet and he went home and was, you know, like oh, doing the whole replacing credit cards, driver's license, all that stuff. And also had to find a new wallet. So he searched online, typed in Google men's wallets, and all that came up were like George Costanza bifolds that you see on from Seinfeld, if you're familiar with that reference. So like big, bulky bifolds, brown leather, black leather, very plain, and all he carried with him was his student ID, driver's license, and um, credit cards. So he really didn't have a lot with him. And so he didn't want something super big. And then at the same time, he also was, the wallets that he saw online were missing expression. So there wasn't like any element of style or fashion to it. They weren't seen as a fashion accessory. They were just uh, like a t- uh, tool, like very just functional. And my husband really admired brands like Stan Socks, Neff Headwear, Candy Headphones that had taken a simple product and like brought a lot of life to a category that had been really boring. And so he was like, there might be something there, but he was in school. So he grabbed a, a rubber band off of a broccoli stem at a grocery store and used that as his wallet. And he fell in love oh, with it.
2: Guys, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah.
1: He was like, <laughs> this is perfect. This works. So all these thoughts were kind of going through his head. Like, I really like the functionality of this rubber band. Like, how come there weren't any more like cooler wallets when I was searching for my wallet? And then he was in, in class and the class w- or like a workshop where these two men came and talked about how to get a Kickstarter up and running within like 24 hours. And so because of that, he started spending a lot of time on Kickstarter. And this was back in 2000, like end of 2013, early 2014. And there were these uh, campaigns, projects on Kickstarter that had done like $400,000 for like slim minimalist wallets, like 300,000, 400,000. And you can look them up. It's like the Krabby wallet. I'm trying to think of what some other ones were, but my husband saw this and was like, whoa, like People obviously want like a minimalist option, but again, there was nothing exciting about these wallets. They were like black elastic and brown leather. They were minimalist, but they still lacked that uh, style. So my husband had the idea and he went up to, this is when we kind of started dating and he just went up to a local craft store and bought white elastic And was like, okay, how can I get like fun designs on this? And there was a company, they were, they were on Shark Tank. I can't remember what year. They're called Beloved. And they did like really funky shirts, like sublimation printing on shirts and like sweatshirts and jumpsuits and swimsuits. So it'd be like the pepperoni slices, pizza slices or gummy bears or like a sloth face. So he heard about them and he was like, "This is really interesting. Like they're printing, like they do anything." And so he took the white elastic to their warehouse and was just like, "Can I try printing on this?" And the guy was like, "Sure, go for it." So he there's like a heat press and the guy grabbed a design. Um, so if you don't know what sublimation is, it's a printing like a print process for fabric where you get a design that's on paper and then you use a heat press to transfer the design onto the fabric. So that's sublimation printing and this this factory or the warehouse that he went in, they grabbed a piece of paper that had the poop emoji on it. <laughs> it <laughs> of course onto the elastic. And then Colby was like so excited and he came to pick me up for a date and he was like showed me the elastic and he was like, this is it and i was like i've been dating for a week and i guess it's a blessing that i was so enamored with him because i think if i'd seen that like any other time in our relationship i would have been like you're crazy (laughs) he it worked so we went up to my bedroom if you watch the video it's like a the ad that i mentioned earlier it's a reference to the movie gosh ghost where it's like like pottery and so I'm like behind Colby so helping him sew the wallet and we both started using them like we both started using these like elastic bands for to hold our cards and in essence they're glorified rubber band like nothing too crazy but we threw together, or I should say he threw together because he'd been doing that class for a Kickstarter project. So he threw together a Kickstarter campaign, got enough money to buy the equipment. So we brought a sublimation printer and a heat press. So then we could start doing them on our own, like any design that we wanted. We have wallets with like Jesus on them and Colby's face, like (laughs) designs that you would never see on our website right now. But We were like this is really cool so we did
2: that do you still have like those old like samples of old ones
1: oh yeah yeah i sent one i posted one on my instagram the other day of one of jesus and i was like man we really missed the like a market market here with this um you know all the really like to wrap jesus on their wallet so we yeah so we started printing them i sewed them we threw together a Kickstarter campaign because we bought all the stuff. And then it was, gosh, that was probably like April, May. And it wasn't, I mean, our friends were using them and liking them, but it wasn't anything like crazy. But we were like, there's enough here. Like we'd gotten them into a few local shops and like we have gotten some good feedback. So when we got married and moved, we moved back to Hawaii for my husband to finish school out there. Um, We were like, let's just take like a thousand wallets and see what happens we'll try to sell them and we got married or we moved out there the day after we got married we moved out to hawaii and we took all these wallets with us and of course it's hawaii so we were like we're not selling stuff we're just going to the beach so we were at the beach all the time playing riding bikes around my husband played soccer at the university we attended so we were really busy and just enjoying ourselves as newlyweds. And then like November came around and we were like, we have a thousand wallets we need to sell. <laughs> so we went to some local farmers markets and started selling them. And we were both blown away because they were like flying off the shelves. Like people were so into them. They love the designs. They love the functionality. So when people would buy them, we'd give them a discount if they followed us on social media. So like slowly we kind of started building a little bit of a social media following. And then there was like a little bit of a hype to like hype culture to it because there were like really cool, fun designs that were selling out. So we moved back. We're from Utah. We moved back to Utah after my husband graduated and we were done with in Hawaii after about like five months. And we were kind of at this crossroads, like, what should we do with our lives? Like my husband had some professional soccer offers on the table and his dad's a financial planner. So he could have gone and taken over that his dad's firm. And we just, I was um, teaching at the time online. So we had some options and things that we were like looking at, but none of them felt like we were super passionate about it. We had this little wallet idea. So we were like, you know what? We're just living in your parents' house. Like I'd mentioned, we were at my parents. We are like, let's just give this six months. And if it goes anywhere, we'll keep pursuing it. And if it doesn't, we'll pivot and figure something else out. So Colby called the coaches that he'd been training with for soccer and turned them down. And he called his dad and said, hey, I'm not interested in taking over your firm. Like, I don't think that a financial planning life is for me. So we just went hard. We like... Between Colby and I, we started like designing and sewing and getting the website together and um, posting on social media and reaching out to influencers and throwing little like local events to just get out free product. I remember standing on the corner of like a local campus and at like a juice bar and just trying to get out as much product as possible to get feedback. And then within those six months, we did another Kickstarter campaign and raised like 35,000 and then we launched our website and did like 15,000 in two days. And between those two initiatives, like the Kickstarter being funded and raising extra on top and then the website launching and like having a good successful few days, we were like, I think something's here. So we just went with it. We just, we had no idea what we were doing honestly. We did all the production and fulfillment ourselves for about two years. And it, it was, it was
2: just me. you and just you and Colby. At that yeah, it was my
1: husband and I. Like, if we had big orders that we'd come through, we'd um, contracted like other seamstresses to help sew. So that was really helpful. But I did all the shipping on like Black Friday and stuff. My cousin and her friends would come help us. But. It was like a me and Colby and then friends and family affair for the first 2 years. It was my mom cutting the paper before we sublim- like printed it. Um my brother would like would help press out in our garage. Um yeah, it was crazy. So many crazy times. There's still like burn marks on the carpet and dents in the desk in my parents' house. We're back living in my parents' house right now cuz they're Um, serving a mission for our church for three years so we're back where it all started and it's crazy you can see like all the reminders of those first years
2: oh my gosh that's an incredible story
1: yeah it's crazy it's I don't know how it worked I I mean even now we're like how are we like this is crazy crazy. (laughs) like
2: did you you, like did you both know you wanted to start a business like when you were when 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 he kind of had like this I'm gonna buy this white elastic band like Was it like well next step is like okay launch business or was it just like like...
1: so my husband has always been really entrepreneurial he in high school him he was into wakeboarding he's really into action sports. so he'd been at a wakeboarding camp and he came home and he was on the flight home with his friend and they were like drawing up designs and i need to post the designs because we just met up with some of his friends from arizona that he like had some of these original designs. The brand was called Wakeology. It was a wakeboarding brand. And he was drawing up the designs and like, oh, it'd be so sick if we sold t-shirts. And his dad was really awesome and I think intuitive and was like, why why wouldn't you start selling those? And Colby was like, I don't know how to make t-shirts. Like, I don't know how to sell stuff. And his dad was like, I'll help you. So his dad helped him get like an LLC and like helped fund the first round of t-shirts. and. It didn't obviously go anywhere like, huge, but Colby sold them in like local skate shops and I think really sparked that entrepreneurial bug inside of him. And then when he was in college, he had a good friend that played on the soccer team with him that started an app that Snapchat bought for $54 million. So my husband saw that and was like, I want to try tech. So my husband spent like a year developing out an app that was kind of like apples to apples, but on the phone, on your phone. And he realized very quickly that tech is really expensive and very time consuming. And there's a lot to it. So he was like, I'm not doing this. So he had always had this entrepreneurial bug. Like he's a big believer in freedom and he was very, very creative. And then I've kind of like always wanted to do something, but never had like anything like a crazy drive to start my own thing. I graduated in com- with a degree in conflict resolution. So I was kind of anticipating maybe going to law school. So a very different route than what we're doing now, but it's awesome. Like I, I remember telling my mom when I was growing up because I saw how much my dad worked as a financial planner and he was very involved still, but I was like, I would so much rather work with my husband than have him be gone. Like we live two separate lives. Like we're under one roof, but we live two completely different lives. And so it worked out. And I'm really glad that it, like the timing and everything was perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm curious for you, your own question, turning it back on you. What about you? Did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit?
2: Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so in in uh, I think yeah, Kobe made a smart decision not going into tech.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're amazing
2: oh you know what i'm I, talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a grind for sure but i mean um but yeah i i did like i always i always did want to start a company um from from like a young age i just like i had this i don't know what it was like so my my parents they're from ghana um on the west coast of africa and came to the to the states um and so like i always admired them very specifically and immigrants in general, just like the, the, uh, the, um, the confidence that you have to just like leave everything behind and go like start a new life in a new place. Um, and so I, was, I always felt like that, probably that like drive to just like go and explore and create was, um, was, was from my parents. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, like young age, I always want to start a company and, uh, did a lot of things, messed up a lot on the way. I think I've only worked for somebody for two years out of my life. Um and the rest have been like launching launching different ventures. Uh but, but yeah, it's it's a, like I think it's 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 really it's really fun because you get to test yourself in different ways. Like you get yeah. to see what what you're what you're you're capable of. And then I think the other great thing is like you can you can choose the team you get to work with. you can can really pick like great people surround yourself with, with fun inspiring people and hard to beat that for sure
1: I I feel like you could probably write a book like I feel like there's so much to like immigrants who come and like you were saying like the desire that they implanted in you to like be creative and explore and try new things like that's such a good example of that and they're so entrepreneurial in their own way like they yeah. saw a the problem they like had a need of their own they fixed it like they did what they could to fix it like provide a better life for like their kids like there's such a parallel there so
2: that's yes. that you like
0: saw that and recognize that
2: yes yeah 100 cool.
0: yeah i love hearing both of those perspectives and especially it's very informative on my part of just being able to put myself in the shoes of someone who has founded their own business and can recognize the difficulties that come along when you know you're just kind of exploring and trying something new and being able to say that didn't work or that did work um and Mackenzie, correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like from the beginning of thread wallets there was that understanding that you guys like could mess up and that it was very free and you'd bounce back and just have that I guess that view or that resiliency and I think that ties into exactly your origin story of being able to you know take that rubber band from the broccoli and turn it into something that is now extremely successful.
1: Yeah it's been fun yeah it's uh it's crazy to look back on. It's really crazy, but it we're really grateful. Yeah.
2: Where Mackenzie, where did the name Thread come from?
1: So not much thought went into that,
2: honestly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish that there was a cooler story. It was just like we sew our wallets. They're made out of like most wallets nowadays. They're like in before ours were leather, and yeah. ours were more of like a woven like material with fabric and um, that elastic application. So, like our logo, my husband was just looking at his pants one time and saw the like cross stitch of the threads, the fibers coming together. So that's kind of where we got like the logo, and then it was just like, oh, thread, like sweet. Yes. <laughs> Very yeah.
0: simple. That's awesome, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Malamo?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, so my my mom. She she battled. Um, cancer for a long time and so she she she's actually very entrepreneurial herself so she she uh um when she when she contracted it she had to stop working and moved home and then got really into soap making and so like I'd go home like between uh uh like semesters from school and like our kitchen would just be filled with this all the material. I'm sure like your house is just like filled with like fabric and stuff for yeah. for wallets uh but um um she yeah so she was always just like making these different like batches of, and concoctions and um when like when she was going through tre- treatments people would come and visit her at home and, and she'd give them her latest like bar soap, um and she like almost like similar you, she'd take them to farmers markets and sell them and like you could just see the joy that she got from like connecting with people like it wasn't about the soap it was like just the ability to like be able to connect with people in a time that she was like experiencing a lot of a lot of stress and anxiety um, and so she named that soap company Malomo um, and she so she passed in her battle and I really wanted to kind of keep her name and legacy alive so we, we named the company back because I mean it's a lot like I get inspired by people like you who are you know they're they're launching things that mean a lot more to them than just the product itself and like it's that story and that relationship that you get to have with your really your supporters that I think yep. is like really fascinating and and uh yeah the name is a little bit of a way to keep that that that's energy so cool. inspired a lot that's yeah. so
1: cool yeah you need to write a book I would read it it's <laughs> yeah. really cool and, um, if you, I'm so sorry I'll, about your mom's passing but it sounds oh, like she made lemon lemonade out of lemons and that you're doing yes
2: mm-hmm. yeah thank you thank you yeah she's like a big it. inspiration for sure that's awesome.
1: Well, I love, I love it. I mean, like, kind of, we haven't hit on retention, and I know that that's kind of what this is about. But tying, like, you just explained the name of your product, what, and you saying like it's more your mom. It wasn't so much about the soap as it was about connecting with people. And what's cool about products like yours, and my interactions with your team, that same mentality has been present. Like, it's not so much about like the product as it is about helping businesses get the most out of. This your your service, right? Like it's really, yeah. really helped our business, and has been a really powerful way to like keep that retention, like keep retain to retain our customers, yeah. um, to give them. I mean, we like look at the statistics, and I wish I had them right on the top of my head, but people who just purchased an order, like they just bought something. The what we're seeing is they open your the emails from Malomo, you know, like their post-purchase email flows from you guys, the landing page, and they purchase again. And we're like, why? Why are you buying another wallet? But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't question <laughs> it, Mackenzie, no. <laughs> and so it's cool.
1: It's cool yeah. that that mentality, like, you're, you know, you're in the service of helping small businesses, not just creating a cool way to track someone's product.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. But, it, like, I feel like our success is, like, it's, it's like only driven by, by your success. Like you, like you guys have built that relationship with the consumer. Like you've delivered like on your brand promise and experience that they even feel compelled enough to actually buy another product in that moment again. Um, like what do, you, what do you think you guys are doing to like, um, to like build that relationship? Like how, how, why do you think people love Thread so much?
1: You know, that's a really good question. And in some ways I feel like we used to do a better job at it. Mm. Like I feel like when we started out and I think just the landscape has changed in general, but when it, it was just us, we were like more on social media. We did more like local Mm. events. Like we did more things because there wasn't all the other nitty gritty. Like it was just us, but as we've added team members and we've added different softwares and we've added different channels like amazon and wholesale like there's so many moving pieces now that sometimes that like relationship focused um message gets lost so i really like one of our goals for 2022 like each word each year we have like a word that drives the year so like in the past we've done like optimize so everything that we do that year is meant to like optimize and 2022, uh, the word we're looking at is loyalty. And just really, really diving back into that, the, cus- the relationship we have with the customer and um, making sure that they, they are loyal to us, but we're very loyal to them as well, that they can contact us when they have questions, that they get fast and accurate information about their packages, like what Malomo does. Um, so that's... Um, that's what we're looking at. And I think that to answer your question, like I I think people resonate with the brand for many different reasons, but I wish and my goal for 2022 is that it resonates more. Like I hope mm. that like, despite all the algorithm changes with social media, despite iOS updates that we can maintain um, like growth and um, connection with our customers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, legit, if you, for the, for the audience, everybody needs to go watch their origin story on YouTube. Because uh, I think that's like such a great example. It's so, it, it, again, even in the comments, people are like, I didn't really realize this, that this was an ad. Like, it was just like you telling your story in such an authentic way um, that, like, I think it resonated with people.
1: Yeah, I think that word authentic is so important. I think that sometimes, Like I said, when you get big and you've got so many, and we're still like, we're bigger than we were, but we still have a long ways to go before we get, want, you know, get to where we want to be. Um, but they're just, there's so many things that you start thinking about and things that you add to your plate. So sometimes that authenticity, I think gets lost. And I, what was really fun about that video. And I think that really helped us this year. Like what you were saying with your question is that it brought back that like authenticity. It was like, here are the founders. This is how it happened. Here's their story. Like, and I think we're gonna to try to get back to more of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love it. And like too, I love the just juxtaposition. Like you start with models. <laughs> like, yeah. like no, that's that's not me. This, yeah, this is yeah, us. yeah,
1: totally, <laughs> totally. I, and I think that's yeah. the authenticity that people want. They don't always want yeah. to see just the like picture perfect stuff. They wanna see the behind the scenes. They wanna see who founded the company. They wanna see the employees like, and I think that it's, we're getting there. We've just hired new people to take over like um, social media and influencers. So there's more specific like people to those areas where I think we're going to be able to, like, TikTok, I'm sorry, I'm, like, probably not really making any sense. TikTok came along, and we didn't tackle it for a while, because we didn't have anyone who was, like, specific to TikTok. But now we've hired a social media manager who understands TikTok, and that platform is such a great way to remain authentic, because you're not going for this, like, perfectly curated, 100% of the time content. It's a lot more fun, and, like, authentic, and real, and just show up kind of as you are. And so yeah. it'll be cool to see how that does as we continue to
0: um, dive into that platform. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting you say that because from my perspective, I do think Thread is one of those very authentic brands that is able to convey that. Um, like even, yes, the origin story, of course, uh, we keep coming back to it. That's one of the things, but even, you know, like the blogs that you guys have on your website, I think it's A lot of the time if you go looking for it it's there so i know like there's lighthearted topics on there as well as really important topics such as mental health and having ambassadors that are able to speak to the importance of thread and the um what's the word i'm looking for the not accountability but the the accessibility factor that you can have Mm -hmm. with you know everyone's living a fast-paced life nowadays you have this minimalistic wallet that yes it is a product but it just speaks to so much more than that when it adds to the convenience of your life and you know you're taking away um just like one added stress to it so I, I love that perspective um, yeah,
1: that, that yeah. means a lot that's what you see from an outsider's perspective I think from the inside it's sometimes you yeah it's like is that how people perceive us I hope that you know I hope that we're getting this across the right way so that's cool to hear
0: Mm-hmm. I can't speak. I that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, <laughs> I can say at least one. <laughs> one. Yeah. Day to use it.
2: <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, that's a great point, Mackenzie. Like, how, how do you, this is a, as a founder, I, I think about this all the time. Like, what is, how do people perceive our brand? Like, what is our brand reputation in the market? Yeah. um And like, and it's really hard to know that and have a pulse on that. Like, have you, do you do anything that thread to like get an understanding of like, how your brand is perceived or how people. Yeah. How people yeah. We
1: play. do like, we do surveying, and I think we could do more of that. There's things like post purchase questions that we ask, like, where did you yeah. hear about us, all that stuff. I think one of the biggest and best things for us has been in person events, which has been yeah. hard with COVID, but going to GoPro Mountain Games or the Do Tour or even our wholesale like um, Surf Expo. A retail kind of convention, like I should say, where we're okay. in front of a lot of buyers because then you hear people's feedback directly. And it's a lot different than the feedback you get when someone's been using the product for A week or one day or whatever. So it's just like having the feedback of reviews and dialogue with customers online with our customer service team, but then mixing it with this in-person, like, oh my gosh, I've seen you guys. Like I saw you at that surf shop or, oh my gosh, like my friends have talked about you or I've seen your ads. Hearing that feedback face-to-face is so crucial, has been so crucial to us from the get-go. When we first started doing those farmer's markets and now, too, when we go to Surf Expo or Outdoor Retailer or anything like that, it are there's such um, powerful ways to get feedback and hear what people are saying about the brand and how they perceive it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, and like, I love that you guys, you guys do those events too. Like, you go out and you're you are in front of the the customer, um, creating that that relationship with them. Um, cause it is like, it's so easy. I feel like, uh, one of the, one of the things I was going to ask you was, you know, I think someone once told me, um, if you want to understand how a company is succeeding, don't focus on the things that uh, they've changed or that they're doing differently. Focus on the things that have stayed consistent over mm-hmm. time. That's interesting. Um, and that, that's where you'll find like what the real strategy is. Uh, and then everything else is just kind of tactics against that. But like, like your company started that way like in in farmers' markets and like as, as yeah. the market has evolved and got more digital it, it, it's like easier to invest in these channels because you can elevate the story more broadly but like still sticking to that part of your roots of like yeah. right those events I think is really it's that's really cool. cool I
1: love that um that quote or that idea that you shared that's really cool I'm gonna have to pass yeah.
2: that up. yeah, yeah it's like what yeah what are we doing that like we've always done every year like yeah, it seems to. It seems. But well, I think
1: to to like the authenticity and stuff. It's and even retention. If you want to go like that granular, I think it's important for companies and custom, um companies to stay very niche, so that it continues to resonate with your customer like I Mm. I
2: people
1: that are like oh we're we're doing this but then we're gonna do this and this and this and this and it's like why would you do all those things when you're succeeding at this so like for you guys like I think that speaks to the authenticity but then it just keeps customers coming back more and more because they're they're coming to you because you're not competing with all these other people for their attention for that item it's like
2: yes, they
1: Yeah, I I don't know if that's a tangent or not, but I think that niching down like if you're starting a business, like make sure you're really focused and that you know the problem you're trying to solve and then continue to solve that problem and refine the way you're solving that problem instead of finding other problems to solve that distract
2: you. Yes. Yeah. That's such I I love that a lot. I love that a lot. Like I think we're I'm full of
0: wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) We love it. That's exactly what we want here.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah,
1: I'll have to. Yeah, I didn't send you guys over my hourly rates.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Send an invoice after.
0: (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, and that is such a great perspective. And like you said, like having those events that you're hearing the feedback from your customers, it really does tie into that authenticity too, of you really do care about what you know, your consumers are saying, and you even drew the difference between people who have had the product for a week versus people who have had it for longer. And just m- being aware of the value in different types of feedback, I think is so crucial. And you know, what is <laughs> made thread while it's so successful storytelling. I know we've been sharing all our fun quotes and origin stories. And I think that's awesome. And it really does tie back to that retention and that thought leadership of you know, why we're all doing what we're doing. And I think that just speaks very highly of, you know, brands who are taking it upon themselves to make sure that they're doing everything they can to care about the customer and meeting their customer through their business. But their first priority is their customer.
1: Yeah. I think over the years, like in the future, the brands that stick around and the brands that are going to be here for a long time are going to be the brands that make their customers the priority. That they're very, custom- I mean, I don't know if you guys have read the book, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea, the founder of Zappos.
2: Okay.
1: It's a phenomenal book and a great read, but it's just all, they sell shoes, but they are a customer company. And their whole thing is like, we could start selling airplanes tomorrow and people would get it because it's all about the customer. Like whatever we're going to do, we're a customer company, not a shoe company. Like we're, yeah. pe- we are about the people. And so I think that the brands that are around, whether it's tech or consumer goods or beauty, whatever it is, the brands that stick
0: around are going to be the ones that really made their customers a priority. We usually like to end the podcast with a recommendation of a resource, but you jumped the gun on that one and got that recommendation. So I'll have to add that. Um, to my to my wish list for this holiday yeah, that, season, <laughs>
1: that um, Tony Shay's delivering happiness, and then No Rules Rules by um, mm-hmm. Gosh, why am I blinking on his name? The f- CEO at Netflix. It's Ooh, a wonderful book. Yeah. No rules,
2: rules. It's somebody. Somebody. D- I just I just saw a recommendation. I'm forgetting who it was recently on Netflix. That yeah, that's the universe. Tell me, I got to read that.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask Santa for it. Yeah. Ah, uh,
2: yes. Okay. That's awesome. Read Hastings. Yes, right? read Hastings.
1: Yep.
0: No rules. No, no. We'll have to make sure to read those. But this has been so amazing. Everything that both of you have shared, I know I've learned so much, and I can't wait to hear what other people have heard. And I hope I hope it's been a great experience to share perspectives and hopefully continue to share <laughs> your great quotes
1: yes oh it's been wonderful thanks for
0: having me yeah mackenzie thanks a ton for this episode's back check we've really only had three things which was so exciting but i think that speaks to you know we had a lot of storytelling um, on this episode of the podcast so i thought it'd be fun i looked up when thread wallets was founded and that was in 2015 and Maloma was founded in 2018. Mackenzie also shares two of her book recommendations, which I just wanted to state again in the fact check, which are Delivering Happiness, which is Tony Shay's book, and No Rules Rules by Reed Hastings. I know I added those to my wish list, so I'm excited to read those. And if anyone does, please feel free to share your feedback. With that, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and it truly is one of my favorites so far. And if you couldn't tell, I am such a fan of Threadwells. I use their products and I just love working at Malomo. So it was like, it was a triple delight for me to get an insider's perspective on both and just get to meet them on a greater level. Hopefully, you know the drill by now, but if you don't, but in case you don't, don't forget to like and subscribe and share your feedback. Thanks for listening.